is that people generally want to be loved. Everyone does. Sure, people sometimes don't act like it, and we may never understand why they do the things the way that they do, but that's not always up to us to take on that job. What we can do is take a step back, think about why someone is acting that way, and choose to love them regardless. Hey, welcome to Night Church, the Friday evening service of Praxis, the young adult ministry of the Loma Linda University Church. You're going to be hearing some great sermons, testimonies on this podcast that are going to encourage and deepen your faith. We are so excited that you're here, and I hope you enjoy this sermon, and so much so that you share it with someone that you love. Welcome. Good evening. Wow, it feels really weird to be up here. I think I was making, as I was making the sermon, I actually did not plan to write about this subject, like knowing that Valentine's Day was coming up, so it wasn't on purpose, but here we are, here we are. Um, before I begin, I kind of just wanted to take a second to again, like say, happy Black History Month. I, I really want to just take a second to celebrate you all um, we honor you, we support you, and we love you not only in this month, but in every month. And I hope you know that you're seen, you are heard, and that your family and history is remembered and respected. I remember the first time someone loved me exactly the way I needed to be loved. I was, running to, I was running late to this practice event that I, of course, organized, and I was about to get in the car to drive to this pumpkin patch. And if you know me, I hate being late. I'd rather swallow this live June bug than to actually be late. But anyways, here I am. I'm late, and I'm getting ready to go. I know I have to get on the highway. I'm thinking about, okay, how fast can I go without being too late, but not going too fast enough? and I'm rushing, and I'm being clumsy, and I start driving. And as I'm driving, I actually get this phone call, which is super weird, because I don't really know this person that well, and I was like, well, why is this person calling? I don't really get it. But, you know, I answered anyways, it's on Bluetooth. And this person says, be careful, take your time. It's okay if you're late. It's better to be late than for something bad to happen. And that's it. That's the story. And I know some of you in the audience are already thinking, like, what? Like, that's it? That's really it? Aren't there people there for you normally? And I've done bigger things than that. And to that, I would say, absolutely, you are right. People have done incredible things for me and have been there for me in moments at my personal lowest. And this isn't to downplay or invalidate any of those moments. I just want to highlight what love really is. See, it isn't based on this transaction where if something goes wrong and I have a bad day, you should be there for me, or you ought to be there for me. You see, this person didn't have a motive or intention behind telling me those words. They had nothing to gain from it. This person at the time didn't even know me that well. They called me because they wanted to, 
not because they ought to. And this is crucial to me, because I grew up in a world where people were A, not safe, B, trying to get something out of me, and C, trying to manipulate me. To see this act playing firsthand really took me back. To be fair, I had already healed from a lot of childhood trauma I had gone through, and I found friends in this beautiful community that was really authentic and intentional and so very loving. But what I had never felt is someone looking out for me, even before I needed it. I was so used to being the responsible one or the mom of the group, but the first time anyone actually ever took care of me, first, Wow, it really took me back. And this was a while back now, too. It's certainly a moment I know that I will never forget for the rest of my life. So, I've been exploring the concept of love a lot lately because this is honestly such a foreign concept to me. I've always been the one to like love well and love strongly, and I personally feel like this is one of the gifts that God gave me but I've never felt that type of love being given to me quite as strongly as in that moment. And I've been questioning to God and to myself, what even is love? So let's take a step back and define love. What is love exactly? What is this stupid, ridiculous, disgusting, warm, beautiful and lovely feeling that causes us to give everything in us away. Well, we could, love, we could look at the love chapter. So in, in 1 Corinthians 13, four through seven, as we read it a little bit earlier, it says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Okay, so based on this, we can kind of see an outline start to form on what love is and what love is not. There's not quite a definition in the text, but there's something there. The Bible tells us that love meet and meets certain characteristics and that there are definitely some rule outs that you can refer back to when you think someone is loving you and when someone is actually not. If love is done in patience and with kindness in the forefront, it's sure to endure. If love is done in fear or in anger of something, chances are it's gonna crumble in the end. It also tells us that if something is done in love, it won't fail. Maybe sometimes it feels like it's failing. Like when someone calls you out on something you've done wrong, or something that you're doing that's hurting yourself, or hurting others even. At first, it can feel so painful, and it may hurt. You may think that person is attacking you, and that they're untrustworthy. But take a moment to view their intentions. How did they relay this message to you? Was it done in a neutral tone and in a gentle manner? Was it met with reassurance or consideration for how you would react? When you give yourself time to recover from your ego and your pride being wounded, 
Maybe you'll discover that this person was looking out for you and even suggested resources or ways in which they would best support you. In the end, maybe you'll realize that what was done was done in love. Love has the power to conquer all. Our fears, our doubts, our hurts, even our anger. But what does that love look like though? Is there a good way to love? For those of you who don't know, I'm studying to get my doctorate and become a clinical psychologist. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> We're almost there. Um, but one of the things that's been really helpful for me when I talk to my clients a lot about is about the five love languages. This is a concept that was originally created by Dr. Gary Chapman, who actually isn't a psychologist at all. If I looked it up. And um, I find this work really helpful to others because for those of us who are struggling with relationships, it's really hard to see where the communication lies. So according to Dr. Chapman, there are five distinct ways that we all give and receive love. So there's quality time, like spending time with friends, whether we're engaging in activities or we're just kind of sitting there, scrolling on our phones and IG, doing nothing. There's words of affirmation, when you give that kind word to a friend because you see how hard they've been working. Or if you call it a friend because they've been dressed to the nines like, King, you look good. It looks great. <laughs> There's also physical touch. And that could be things like hugging, holding hands, or just sitting close to someone when you're watching a movie. Acts of service. Like when you drive someone to the airport because they need a ride. Or when you fix someone's flat tire. And lastly, there's gifts, which could be like surprising your friend with lunch that day or buying your friend that really cool pair of jeans that you saw at Ross and you just thought about them. So quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, and gifts. So oftentimes, there are one or two ways we love to give and receive love. So for me personally, I really love quality time, words of affirmation, and physical touch. However, I really love to give acts of service and quality time for those that I care about. So the ways that I give love and receive love are a little bit different. What sometimes, get lost, sometimes gets lost in our relationships is not that we're not loving someone, but how we love them may be different than how they want to be loved. So the way we give love to our friend or our neighbors through gifts may be lost in translation because they actually appreciate quality time a little bit more. We may get upset with a friend because they're accusing you of not being there for them, and you've brought them food and, and taken care of them through acts of service, but what they're really wanting right now is words of affirmation. So I offer this concept to you as food for thought because I feel like a lot of our actions get miscommunicated because sometimes we're just not loving others the way they want to be loved and we're loving them in ways that we want to be loved. What about if we search up love in the Bible and see what comes up? So in 1 John 4.20, it says, if someone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom, whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Okay, well, all right. So uh, according to this, love is meant in all occasions. 
whether or not you love that one coworker who's always got your back while you're running late, or you're just really irked with your mother one day because you're at the store and she's giving you all these items and you're, she says, go check them out, I'll be right back, I'll get these items, don't worry about it. But of course, she's not there on time, so you just gotta sit there and wait for it as like people are staring daggers into you and the checkout lady couldn't care less as long as you hurry up. What this means for us is that we love regardless of context. So let's think about Zacchaeus for a second and how Jesus loves him regardless. So for those of you who don't know or need a little refresher, the story of Zacchaeus is found in the Gospel of Luke in Luke 19, where he is described as this wealthy tax collector. And as we know at the time, and even in some cases now, everyone hates tax collectors. They look for themselves and are even considered greedy in some cases. Zacchaeus, for whatever reason that day, really wanted to, say, to see Jesus when he came to Jericho that day. And Jesus sees him and tells him that he's going to stay in his house right now. People around Zacchaeus start to whisper and gossip like, oh, how could Jesus have chosen this man? He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. And I imagine Zacchaeus is kind of taken aback by this. Maybe there's some peer pressure to conform, and maybe there's even doubt in his mind. And he's probably thinking, like, they have a fair point. Like, why me? I don't deserve any of this. And yet, for some reason, he chose me. Zacchaeus decides at this point that he's going to give away half his possessions to the poor. And to those he cheated on, he's going to pay them back four times the amount. I mean, come on. Even from a purely moral perspective in terms of justice, that seems a little much. Social pressure and all. Yet he gives it all. And Jesus accepts him. He accepted him just as he was. The point behind this story and the perspective I would implore you to take on in the future is that people generally want to be loved. Everyone does. Sure, people sometimes don't act like it, and we may never understand why they do the things the way that they do, but that's not always up to us to take on that job. What we can do is take a step back, think about why someone is acting that way, and choose to love them regardless. In these moments, we may not have all the answers, but we understand or hope for something better. Something better for your understanding of people, something better for that person and your relationship with them, and ultimately, something better for your relationship with Christ. How about we look at this verse now? 1 John 4.10, and it says, in this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. In this instance, we see that God loved us before we loved him. I mean, it's easy to love someone who loves you back, but what if you don't know them? Or if they do know you and they don't like you? What if they did you wrong? What if they hurt you? The parable of the prodigal son in the Gospel of Luke is the perfect example of loving first. And we all know this story, right? 
A son asks his father for his inheritance, and he ends up recklessly blowing just all the money away, and he's forced to work for a pig farmer. He's so overcome by his careless decisions and his current position in life that he returns to his father, begs for his forgiveness, and asks to be a servant. And what does his father do? Essentially, he throws him a party. I mean, that's, that's wild. I'm thinking about how I would react, and I'm a pretty lenient person, but even I would just dig it in just a little bit. Just a little two sentence like, I told you so, or don't do it again, kind of thing. But this dude throws him a whole welcome back fiesta. No questions asked. It's hard to imagine. But beloved, this is exactly the kind of thing God asks for us to do every day. We see situations that happen that are very similar to us in our everyday lives in our church. And how do we often react to it? There's definitely been a history of spreading rumors and bullying, isolating others, you know, you name it. We do this in our very own church, a church that should be a home to others. There was one church I was going to at the time, back in LA, before I went to graduate school, and their motto was, the perfect place for imperfect people. That is exactly what this space is. And we need to remember that every time we come here. None of us are perfect or better than anybody else. If you're in the mindset that you need to be my best self or perfect or anything else when you come to church or talk to God, you might as well turn around. Because that ain't it. We're not meant to be perfect or the best or okay. And that is perfectly okay. That's where God comes in. The story of the prodigal son is still so relevant to us today, even 2,000 years later, because it shows us what we should be doing without even a thought. When someone comes to us imperfect, not okay, or not their best self. Love loves regardless, but love also loves first. It isn't conditional or transactional, where you're trying to find the next moment or situation to take your love away. Love loves regardless and in spite of all those things. And there are no exceptions. Some of you have heard my testimony, maybe even a couple times by now, by this point, but I can't help but bring it up every single time because this story is honestly worth telling, and you'll see why now. So, I don't go home. This was a decision that I made maybe about a year and a half ago after my family was faced with some domestic violence difficulties. It got to the point that the abuser was not going to change her ways, was physically damaging the house and the people in it, and her going to jail didn't even cause her to reflect on what she had done. On top of that, my family refused to let her go and would keep her in the house, regardless of my constant advice to kick her out. And it was really tough, because I was the caretaker for everyone. My parents and sisters wouldn't make a decision or action without my say-so. Quite literally. I would get phone calls during class, during outings with friends, during praxis even, and I answered every time. It was 
one of the lowest points in my life, and it took almost everything out of me. I thought that me being the provider and protector was what my family needed. I would take the burden on because that, that's what would save my family. And I was going to bring everyone back. And then we could be a real family. I thought I was loving them well. But I wasn't. I had to decide for myself. Because nothing I was doing was changing or helping anyone, especially myself. It was crippling not only me, but my family as well. I had to let go. And it's been the toughest decision I have ever made. I tell you this story because yes, love loves regardless, and love loves first. However, love also loves right. Love doesn't just accept what others are doing if it's wrong. Love doesn't let you get taken advantage of or let you give yourself away knowing that you're going to bound, you are bound to end up more bruised and broken than before. Love can take a step back. Love can decide not to go home for now. Love can wait. Love can pray day in and day out for something better. Love acts in spite of it all. I could have easily just have decided that I wasn't going to talk to anyone ever again and that I just wasn't going to have a family now. But that isn't love. That's fear. The fear of getting hurt. The fear of getting rejected. The fear of failure. Beloved, love means standing up for what we believe in when we need to. And also loving others. Love doesn't mean just take the hit and bear it. We are not called to just be a punching bag and then go home. So what did I do? I did tell my family that I wasn't going home anymore until they decided to do something different about their lives. I did tell my family I wasn't going to take their calls anymore about this issue in particular because they just weren't listening anymore. And it hurt. But you know what? In doing so, they came to rely on themselves instead of being dependent on me. They learned to stand up against wrongs in our family and pushed for change. And they changed. And it got to the point where it was time to come back home. And I did, just this past Christmas and New Year's, actually. Love doesn't try to control the situation or control others. Love just simply does what it does best, love. So what is love, then? I was talking about this concept of love with a friend of mine, and he said, everywhere Jesus went, he healed. So if I say I love you, I'm going to show you who he is. One of my favorite authors, Victor Hugo, puts this so beautifully. To love another person is to see the face of God. What did Jesus do when he was here? He loved. 
and people followed. Why? Because they saw what God looked like and they wanted everything to do with that. When we love others regardless, love them first, and love them right, we show them who God is. Love is God. So the next time your friend says some mean comment to you, or you have to see that patient that everybody doesn't like because they're super cranky, or that stranger that comes up to you begging you for money while you're in a hurry and they won't take no for an answer, I hope you respond in love. One, I hope you give them the opportunity to tell their story. That your friend actually just broke up with his girlfriend and he's hurting. That your patient is actually dying from cancer and he's got no one else around him. That the stranger just lost her job because she's trying to pay for her daughter's medical bills. Two, I hope that you respond first with action. You ask your friend what's going on because you know that he doesn't normally do this. You greet your patient with a kind hello and a soft smile. You talk to the stranger to see what's going on. Lastly, I hope that you make the right choices. You give grace to your friend while validating your own feelings and acknowledging your hurt. You take a second to tell your patient that you won't stand for his crankiness, but that you do want to be there for him. You tell the stranger that, oh no, I'm so sorry, I don't have money right now, but I would love to buy you some food. I guess all I'm really trying to say is, I hope you love like Jesus does. I hope you love others in exactly the way you love yourself. And I hope that you love well and you love strong. Regardless of your past or what you've done, before I've even known you at all, what you deserve to hear and are more than worthy of hearing is, I love you. I'm going to show you exactly who God is. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church Podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry. And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact. And so if you go to lluc.org slash give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there on a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment. It makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.